Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up. Especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we got Will Meadows. Melissa Delp. Kevin Delp. And Psychic Larry. In the house. Ready for another exciting episode. We're going to recap some of the uh, adventures that Kevin and Melissa just had at Dice Tower. We are going to be talking about, uh, are we talking about the Spiels? We might be talking a little bit about the Spiels. Uh, We'll definitely be talking about some of the games that we've been playing recently. And I'm sure there'll be plenty more great adventures. Like our main topic? What's our main topic, Kevin? Remind me. (laughs) (laughs) Upcoming games at Gen Con. Upcoming games at Gen Con. That's right. I totally remembered that. Great. <laughs> Someone else, why don't you talk about games you've played recently so I can remember what games I'm excited about coming to JedCon? Sure. <laughs> well, Melissa and I, like like Will said, we're at Dice Tower East, and we played. I had on my on my uh, board game stats app over 25 games Ooh, that wow. we played. There. Yeah, and some of them were long ones, like we pulled out Woodcraft and Teletum yep, expeditions. Yeah, we got to play. Uh, Wayfarers. Mm-hmm. Wayfarers of the South Tigris. Have you played Ooh. any of the South Tigris games yet? Uh, yes. Wayfarers. Okay. Is that the only one? <laughs> I've, what have I played? I'm so try, this I'm was to the look first, behind me on the shelf. This was the first time we had played it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. the The middle track reminded me a little bit of the research track in Arnak. Yes, I agree with Melissa. Um, I think I won, but. I would I would say it probably was not my favorite of the um, Garpil games. I think I like some of their other like North Sea trilogy or uh, I like Viscounts uh, and West Paladins. Kingdom. Yeah, West Kingdom. Sorry, yeah, that's the one. So anyway, but we had a great time meeting lots of people there at Dice Tower and playing lots of fun games. We even played Pictionary with Andrew Bosley. Ooh. Is, so, he, is he pretty good at drawing stuff? Yeah, tell <laughs> So, Andrew Bosley is a artist, illustrator in the board game world. What What are some of the games he's known for? I don't know. Everdell. I have a whole stack behind <laughs> Beautiful games. Tapestry. Plain crafters. <laughs> yes, that that's a, a little known one. Yep. Some great stuff. Anyway, so he basically drew for both teams. <laughs> Um, was was this a special event or was this just... No, this is at like one of the booths. Okay. And they had him come. And basically, you know, one of those big like white, not white boards, but like post-it note. Right. That like goes on an easel or something, three by five. So he would do like team, actually we had team this and team that, but anyway. Okay. uh, One of the teams, like he would start drawing and he'd be like, it looks like a leg. He's putting hair on the leg. What is this? (laughs) And then he starts drawing the actual thing, a sandal. (laughs) <laughs> so he basically was like, I got plenty of time. I'm just going to have fun with it. Yeah, he did like for one of them, there were some palm trees and grass. And then eventually he drew a snake and yeah. snake was the. 
<laughs> so, so there's definitely easier Pictionary, and then there's some harder Pictionary. I think there's a couple that we never, never guessed. Goonies. The Goonies was a hard one. Ooh. He tried to do the truffle shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine. These are tough drawings for sure. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, so that was fun. And yeah, we got to play a bunch of uh, fun games there and see lots of people and hang out and people were asking us about tantrum con which you know we don't have any information on <laughs> sorry y'all um yeah so we got to play the prototypes of people that like in like ones that were just people just playing the prototypes or people like portal games that was bringing like a prototype that they're about to publish interesting so, like all types of games very cool so. stuff I think we gave a shout out to him last week, but you guys can give another shout. Maybe there's a story. Was it Jared? Yeah. Jared. Jared, one of our listening. new fans. Yeah. He was like, I listen to Board Game Podcast. I was like, we have a Board Game Podcast. And Jared's like, he subscribed right on the spot. Boom. So I'm like, thanks, man. You probably heard your name on two episodes already. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, And one other thing that we did do is we played all of the Spiel and Kenner Spiel games that we had not played yet to that uh-huh. point. And um, we really enjoyed Next Station London. Okay. Um, which is from Blue, Blue Orange. Orange. Yeah. A really fun little flipping right sort mm-hmm. of game where you're trying to create routes in this one in London. They are coming out with new ones. Tokyo coming mm. out soon. And then we played oh what were some of the we played Iki. That's a Kenner Spiel nominee. And we played Dwarf Romantic. And wasn't there another one? But anyway, so we played we played all of them, and I came to the conclusion that the winners, which were just announced recently, mm-hmm. were not the correct ones. Ah, <laughs> they messed up again. They messed up again. <laughs> so Spiel. how was Dorfmerkey? I don't know how you say it. That, that's, is that what one that won the Kenner Spiel? It won right? the Kenner Spiel. Tell no, me. no, sorry. Dorfmerkey won the Spiel. Challengers won the Kenner Spiel. Okay. So the Spiel was Dorfmerkey. Fun facts and. Next station, London. Correct. Mm-hmm. How would you? What would be your rating of those three, Kevin? I'd like, stack them up. Hmm? Stack them up. Stack what's up. what's yeah. the order? So, next station, London is my favorite of the three. Okay. I do really enjoy fun facts, but to me, it's more of an activity than a game. You know, that's the one where you have like, you know, how afraid of you are of you are the dark, and then you sort of secretly put your number where you think you are compared to other people's numbers. Right. Like it's really a fun game. It is. But it's, it's an activity, really. It is a fun activity. I have yeah. to admit that I, I've played it a lot. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. It is. We never have kept score right. ever. It's, <laughs> it's one of those games where I keep 40 scoring. times and never right. kept score. <laughs> um, but that's okay. Games, you can have fun like that. Right. And not keep score. Like even like just one. Yeah. I don't keep score with just one. Right. Very similar. And just one won it. So I, I actually kind of thought that... Right. Fun facts might win. Yeah. And Dwarf Romantic, to me, was lackluster. I don't even, well, I know zero about it. Give me the... Based, what is it? It's a computer game, basically. A digital game okay. that plays like a board game that they then made a board game version of, version okay. of the digital game. Whoa, whoa. Um, it's Getting a meta. tile lane game. We have not played the digital version, so mm-hmm. we didn't come into it with any like preconceived nostalgia or any yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you flip a tile and your group talks about where you want to put it because it's basically a single player game that you can play cooperatively. Okay. But it's kind of like if you were playing Carcassonne cooperatively. Like, hey, we want to make a bigger city. Yeah. 
Let's make a bigger city. <laughs> That's what I felt like. I'm like, why not? Like, I understand. Is it a city? What are you actually building? You're building, you have different um, regions. Um, there's terrain, terrain. There's like villages mm-hmm. and forests and, you and want, fields. You want to connect them. And there's like a, ra- a river and a railroad that you're trying to, you know. Line up. Line up. And I will say, if it was a solo, like if I'm playing it solo, sure, this is a great game. But I'm like, this is not a three, four, five player game. It's like oh, maybe a one or two okay. player game, but no. But yeah, you do have a Everybody's going to be sitting around watching the main guy. I was like, flip a tile. Yeah. yeah. Well, the point is you have tasks that you have drawn. And usually you have three tasks on the board at a time. And it's basically saying you need a region of this size. Mm-hmm. And you complete the task by making a region of that size. But if you go over, then the task yeah. hasn't been completed. It gets removed. Yep. We did just play the base game. There were other uh, boxes, kind of like envelopes that progress and I think make the game more challenging or introduce it new things. It doesn't change the player count, though. But it is at least what we saw from the base game. When you're playing with multiple people on your turn, you flip the next tile and then you discuss then where everybody... do you think would be the best place to put it. And let's talk about the failure of the Kennerspiel real quick. Okay. Uh, we have the nominees, Mosa. Uh, Challengers. Okay. Planet Unknown. Whoa. And Iki. Ooh. Challengers is the least right, the complex. The lightest of all those. The lightest yeah. of all those. It wouldn't, shouldn't even be in the Kenner spiel. It should be in a spiel. Right. I mean, Agreed. it does. All the cards have different powers. Doesn't so matter. it's not the same level as Fun Facts. Yeah, but it's not the same level as Ticket to Ride, which one? I mean, it's on the same level as like a Ticket to Ride. Right. Yeah, very light, easy to play party game. Yeah, I wonder if they're like judging it based off of what they just think is going to sell the vast majority. Anyway, I mean, we played Challengers and enjoyed it. We played it with a group with some kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying compared to the other two, like I love love Planet Unknown. Yes, good game. And and I've and I've we played Iggy at Dice Tower. I was like, that's a fine game. And then compare, but they're they're very hard to compare to each other. Yeah, interesting. Planet Unknown, I thought for sure, had it in the bag. Super good game. Right. Interesting. So. Wow. Well, welcome back. Glad for the uh, report on everything good. Yep. And uh, glad you guys got to try out all the Spiel games so we could get some opinions on it. Super love that. Um, while you play? You, while y'all were gone, I did play a couple different games. Uh, Mandu sent us a couple different games. One of those is called Pocket Farm, mm-hmm. and it is a simple tile placement easy to play game that is a brain burner cool i was very surprised by it sarah and i played it numerous times in a row and each time we were like i feel like i'm getting dumber and worse (laughs) one to four players is this uh yeah i think it is a one to four player game it's a game where you are it's um each card has four different symbols on it it's going to either be a type of fruit or it's going to be a basket or it's which is going to give you points at the end of the game or it's going to give you a sun or a cloud. And basically you're building out this tableau in front of you and you have to, each card that you try to lay down has a cost on it. That's what's on the basket. And so you might have to have two uh, power, I don't know, whatever it is, to, to harvest this card. And so you have to play it on top of something that's worth two. You have to cover up something that's worth at least two. And so the number of suns that you have stacked up next to each other, they become more powerful. And so one sun is worth one, but two suns next to each other, each one is worth two. Three suns next to each other, each one is worth three. 
clouds work the opposite way. So one cloud by itself is worth three. But if you start getting them stacked next to each other, then they're going down. And so you're trying to stack these cards on top of the cards that the, that are the value you need. But you're trying to make sure that you're setting yourself up for the next turn so that the card, the parts you leave revealed give you an opportunity to lay on it. And it was just really, really interesting. We played it the first time kind of not knowing what we were doing. And I got lucky and won. And we were like, oh, okay, let's try it one more time now that we know what we're doing. Second time, we were like super overthinking everything and like building out this crazy, you know, like we're, we're going to nail it this time. We had lower scores for the second round. We were like, we messed up. What just happened? So we played it the third and fourth time. And it was interesting. I really enjoyed the gameplay. It's pretty quick. And uh, it's super bright and colorful. It doesn't look like the type of our kids played the first couple rounds with us before they were like, I don't understand why you guys are so infatuated. <laughs> They're like we played it. It was neat. We laid cards on top of each other, but trying to optimize your score in it really, really neat stuff. Uh, and then I also got an opportunity to play the new veil of eternity game. Mm-hmm. It is a, um, tight, little resource card purchasing game where you in the game there's like a center tableau you reveal cards based on the number of players that you have and then you have two tokens that you can use in the game to reserve cards with so everybody's going to put out a token on the cards that they want to buy or that they want to employ for the game i think you're either like purchasing them taming them or subduing them i don't remember what the third option is but there's a million different creatures in the game and you can either sell the card for what it's worth based on which type of creature it is fire or water or ice or whatever or you can use the the tokens the money that you've collected so far to be able to buy the cards to add to your tableau the interesting thing in the game is you can only ever have four monetary units in your hand so there's ones threes and sixes you could have four sixes and you'd have you know 24 points to be able to purchase things with but you don't get change in the game either so if you are only buying a seven value card you got to spend two of your sixes to be able to get it so it's this really tight like do i want a bunch of threes do i want sixes do i need ones i'm trying to get something expensive i can't hold any more tokens than i already have and then each round of the game you can only have that many cards in your tableau so you on the first round you can only have one card which is fine you can't afford more than that but by like the fifth and sixth rounds you're like man it'd be nice if i had all eight of these cards available to me i can only purchase four of them and so you're trying to really optimize as you go uh it was quick it was interesting it's kind of kind of beautiful it's like not pokemon but it's like there's so many different creatures in the game they're all unique they all look different they all have unique powers and the art for it is like really fun and fantastic and it was a good time. I'm usually really impressed with Mandu's just the aesthetics of their games. It, it looks like they put a the right amount of time and effort yeah. into into creating unique feeling stuff too because mm-hmm. they all have kind of their own unique flair. Yep. Um it's always kind of funny reading their instruction manuals cuz I definitely found like two or three words that like that's not how I would say it in English, but <laughs> otherwise really really good experiences on both of those games. I enjoyed both of my playthroughs. I've been playing games, uh, mostly board games. Um, oh, other games too? Yeah. <laughs> um, we got Cat in the Box recently. Oh, yeah. Um, Does he? I, yeah, I've been playing it for a while. Uh, well, I've played it before, but Amy hadn't played it before, so we got it um, on... Oh, which reminds me, I think we're going to have an interview with Ted Osbach later in the episode too. Oh, great segue. Oh. You're welcome, Segway <laughs> fans. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we got it off Prime Day. It was on sale. So we got a copy. She liked it. It's fun. Um, we just played two players. Um, I 
think I like it better. More players usually is a little bit better. Trick taking is usually a little better yeah. with more players. But yeah, it's a fun little trick taking game um, that puts a twist on it because none of the cards have colors. So um, we've also been playing Call of Duty. Um, yeah, which is coming out soon or going to Kickstarter soon. Um, it's two player game, only two players at the moment. Uh, supposedly you can also get multiple copies and play up to four players or team type, but it was very, uh, we liked it. It was very fun. It brought back a lot of memories of playing Call of Duty, um, the main game mode you're playing in the board game is the uh, domination or capture the flag style. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, running through the map, being able to play the, this is a prototype that we were playing. So we were playing on the prototype map, but being able to play with a couple different characters and being able to lob my grenades and hitting Amy on the head is amazing. <laughs> uh, it is a hidden movement game. So you're planning out your moves, basically four moves at a time. And as you reveal your moves, you're checking whether you see the other person or not. So you, oh, I moved here. And the other person, I moved here. Can we see the, each other? No. So we move again. Um, and basically... You have to plan out, like I had frag grenades, so I would throw a frag grenade and I had to plan <laughs> out and kind of guess where she was and I hit her on the head at least three times in a row and it was <laughs> so good. <laughs> she was so mad. Um, but yeah, it's it's super fun. I like it. Um, it has even like kill streaks where you kill, kill get so many kills and then you can use like the the jets that come and bomb or you can use the little rc car you can drive around and look for the other guy and just blow him up um so a lot of different uh ways or ways that it reminded me of call of duty so that is super fun yeah we'll have a playthrough of it on our channel coming soon and i got to see amy and larry playing it and i have to admit i actually was kind of impressed by the mechanics for the hidden movement part because sometimes hidden movement games are like move one square and it's like dull but i actually really liked the like the way they have the board you've got the tokens that point and determine your line of sight and you were able to plan it like pretty quick the downtime in the game is low it's like i mean two players and you're playing simultaneous the, almost all the time so it was literally like are you ready okay let's go see what happens and then figuring out what the you know which direction you were going to run in and attacking it looked it looked cool i was surprised by it for sure interesting stuff let's take a break for a minute though from right now and give a shout out to our sponsor So this episode is sponsored by Arcane Wonders. What? The publisher who is putting out Call of Duty. Thank you, Larry, for uh, talking (laughs) about... Double segue. That great pitch. (laughs) Larry is the segue man today. So their Kickstarter or crowdfunding is coming early August. I think somewhere around the 3rd of August. So you can look for that on crowdfunding. And Kevin and I actually played another... Arcane Wonders game that was Ooh. one of our favorites our of Dice Tower. Favorite of mm. Dice Tower. Favorite of the favorite? It was probably the favorite of Dice Tower. Whoa. It was it's something that's coming from them. I think they're gonna have a limited supply at Gen Con. Is this top secret? Is that where you're not saying the name? Well, I'll just say it <laughs> now because I was gonna mention it during our Gen Con, but uh. just be a little sneak peek. 
segueing into our agenda. Oh, look at that. Eventually, because uh, we still have an interview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's called World Wonders. Oh, okay. Uh, from Arcane Wonders. They are actually bringing it, licensing it over from, or I should say distributing it from Brazil. And uh, this is a game, a tile lane game, um, where you it looks, the map really looks like a grid of my city. With like that river that's going through the middle. Okay, yeah. Ever seen it? Well, this one is you're laying different colored tiles on them, almost drafting in a sense. You're spending action points to be able to take a tile that you want to place on your board. But what you're really trying to doing, really trying to do, is build those wonders. Mm. So there's going to be several wonder cards available, and basically they have conditions. Like, oh, the lighthouse needs to be next to water, but also one of the orange buildings and maybe a scenic rock or something like that. So if you can get that combination on your board, then you can potentially build that wonder. But when you decide to build a wonder, you have to spend all of your remaining action points or money. And that takes you out of the round. So. Interesting. So if you have it set up at the beginning of the round, you're kind of looking to see, Does can anyone else, else? How many turns can I take before someone <laughs> else? And, ooh, it's really interesting. Okay. Like, I might, you want to go down to one action point left and then spend that one to build your wonder. But you're like, oh, well, can also do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. so, yeah. So you're spending your money or action points, whatever you want to call them, on the tiles on the wonders, you can also take first player. You can take roads because you have to build your buildings off of roads. Mm-hmm. You can't just build them anywhere. So you kind of have to plan out your space. And even the wonders, they take up space on your board. So you have to have that space available to build them. Mm-hmm. Before we get too excited about our Gen Con preview, let's go ahead and stop for a moment because we want to welcome our house guest to the house. Hey! Hey! Ted, so good to have you in the house. Thanks for joining us. Actually, in the house, which we don't always get to do. So, so, so great to be able to hang out together. We've uh, had an opportunity to already play some games. We're here to talk about some really fun stuff. Uh, give us just a little bit of rundown of what Bezier Games is up to these days. Gen Con's right around the corner. Give us the sneak peek. What are we looking for? Yeah, so w- thank you so much for having me here. This is very exciting for me to be actually in the house. Love it. Live, living um, here in the house. Yeah. Live. <laughs> um, you can live here if you want. No, you? Yeah. <laughs> live in the house, not living. Live, live, live. Um, the the thing, so the, the biggest thing that we have at Gen Con is Scram. So Scram's a, a card shedding game that it's team-based. It's only for teams, three, four, or, or six players. You actually have teams with three players, which is pretty cool. Um, so that we're introducing at Gen Con. Um, that's the first time anyone's going to be able to purchase that, which is great. Um, we have a bunch of other things that you know we've had. Maglev Maps will be out. Most people have not seen that actually in person. That was in Kickstarter about a year ago. Um, and that's available. It's a bunch of expansions for Maglev uh, Metro. And then also, um, we are indirectly involved with the Search for Lost Species. That we did. we did the app for that. So Bezier Games partnered with Renegade to do the app for Search for Lost Species. So that'll be available, I believe, at the Renegade booth. But that's, okay. even though it doesn't say Bezier Games on the title, we had something to do with that. And cool. we are super proud to be part of that that game and that game system. That's very cool. Now, I had an opportunity to play one quick round of Scram, and I actually did love it. We played it on our Saturday morning board game show last month. So if you're watching and listening, you want to go check that out, you can go watch that. Um, I enjoyed it. I love uh, team games that are trick-taking. There's not enough of them out there. I did not play it at six players. That actually just blows my mind a little bit. I guess you're just sitting around the table, so that, that works. Three. 
explain to me quickly how you're going to play with three players. So three players, it's it's fun. It's still team based. It's two against one, but uh, the way it works is so if you've got player A, B, and C, and if player B is the single player and player A and C are on the teams, the way it works for for turn order is player A goes, then B, then C, and then it goes back to player B, that single player, mm-hmm. then back to A, and then back to B, and then back to C. So it goes back and forth between, so the single player gets twice as many turns as the team players. So you get twice as many cards as well? Uh, you start with with a few more. I believe you start with eight cards as opposed to five, okay. um, and two face up, just like the other um, people on the other teams, they have mm-hmm. five cards with two face up. But um, it plays pretty much the same. You just uh, the single player can't obviously take cards from their their teammates. Right. They don't have one, where the other two um, have to try to do that. So it it actually balanced out very very nicely. We're really happy with it. That it's a team game that works with three players. Hmm. Interesting. I will have to give that one a shot for yeah. sure. Does the does that player end up usually being? I mean, I guess the balance would be there. I felt like when I played it in with one teammate across from me that I was like ready how does the call work on it like when you're ready to scram are you you have to wait a, a whole set of turns so yeah if you're the solo player and you call scram the two people playing against you each get a turn Ooh, okay so nice. that seems hard at the same time though um it it, it, it tends to work so i mean we, we play tested that quite a bit to get to the right balance of cards and whatever to make it feel even um you know and it's it's there is a certain level of skill to that about timing it right and checking to see if you have cards like the 13 the skunk that gives you that gives another player a 13, which nobody wants. If you're, if you know that the deck is out of those, you're not necessarily safe, but you're in much better shape. And that's a great time for the solo player to be able to call because they know they're not going to get stuck with a giant card. Probably. Yeah. Excellent stuff. You guys do a really great job with those simple card games. I'm not probably allowed to talk about anything else, but we might've played some games that were super fun tonight. (laughs) How soon will we be allowed to talk about those? Is that at Gen Con? Uh, so at Gen Con, we're going to have a big announcement at Gen Con. Very excited about that. Something that we haven't talked about yet uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that I was able to share with you guys th- this evening. And um, I really can't say anything else because our marketing manager would strangle me <laughs> if I did. So, uh, But that will be announced. I believe it's the day before Gen Con where we announce uh, what that is. And I think people are going to be very, very excited when they hear about that. Will they see that at yeah, will Gen Con? It will be on display. Yes, it will be on display, on display. at Gen Con. So if people are going to come to Gen Con, where can they find you on the floor uh we are in a booth number that i do not have memorized all right (laughs) but you guys are unusually in a a certain area though right yeah we're kind of in i don't know we're we're by the i don't know we're not that far away from the the doors to get outside yeah yeah yeah. you know so i look for the giant werewolf statue that's by the well yeah game sign we hang up pretty high and you can usually see that from a distance I'm sorry. Is Waldo going to be there? Waldo will not be there. Waldo's oh, been no. taking a break. It's a Don't bit of a sabbatical for, for a few years because yeah. um, we've we've actually um, pushed back some of the werewolf games for a little bit right now, yeah. and we're focused on some other things. Um, we've had that a cat in the box we've been focusing on, and a bunch of other other things like that. So Waldo will be back, but right now he's not there. Okay. He needs, some, yeah. he needs some TLC. Yeah, um, Waldo. Waldo has Waldo's very very heavy. Yeah. Also, Waldo. <laughs> right. will, I don't know how many hundred pounds he weighs, but it takes several of us just to push him up a ramp into the truck. He's just one piece, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and if you got to do a union at the event center too, you you could be back fifty thousand dollars just for <laughs> somebody else has to unload that puppy yes. for you. Excellent. Well, cool. We'll be looking forward to hanging out with you guys at Gen Con for sure. Uh, if you if that went over your head just a second ago, go stop by their booth. They've got some really cool stuff coming that you absolutely want to check out. It is a blast. I'm, I think we're going to end the episode here in just a minute so I can go play some more games. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, any uh, final thoughts before we say goodbye, Ted? Well, no, again, thank you guys so much for having me here. It's been great to actually interact with you guys in person um, for a change. We got to, to see each other at Tantrum Con. I don't think we got to play any games together no, um, no. this year, but uh, that was a blast, too. And uh, thank you again for having me there. I got to be part of the, the, the shark tank thing with the, oh, uh, yeah. the prototype the prototype prototype Proto pitch and that yeah. was fun and one of the games that was on that list was one that has gotten great reviews so far one of the the oh i can't remember the name of it but is it, it was the space one the space one yeah, yeah. the col- colony or cruise cruise space, yeah space cru- cruise space yeah, cruise thing like that such a good game um we actually they came out to our office and did a play test with our staff. Okay. It's a little heavier for me personally, but some of the people on our staff love those heavy the heavy games like that, and they fell in love with it, and they were okay. excited about it. So, um, yeah, that was it was great to be able to see that ahead of time and, and work okay. with people and, and talk about cool. that. Yeah, we were thrilled that you were able to join us. We hope that that maybe can become a more regular thing every year. We'd love to yeah. have you out there. Uh, thanks for flipping our tables, too. That was a good oh, that was fun, too. Thank you. I, d- I did not win, though. I did I have to work on my flipping technique. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever you're ready for that rematch, we'll yeah. try to work it out. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great time hanging out and talking on the episode, and we'll look forward to seeing you uh, again very, very soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Ted. Always a good time having him on the show. Uh, it was very cool to get the opportunity to hang out with him. We covered lots of ground uh, during our little visit together. Uh, but really good hearing from him and having him on the uh, podcast with us. Uh, I think we do want to spend the rest of our episode today talking about some of the games that we are anticipating Gen Con. in Gen Con 2023. So I'm sure Melissa has an organized list in ranked order. Should we go? Should we start there? What do we got first, well, Melissa? Before before we start, like how are we? Like there's lots of different there's types so of many. games. There's games that you can just demo that you can't purchase. Oh. There's games that you can. <laughs> purchase that we've played there's games that you can purchase that we haven't played hey so. this sounds like some videos we did on youtube oh check those out everybody which yes, ones are definitely. you talking about melissa oh i don't know there's there's just so many i think i'm <laughs> gonna talk about ones that i that you can actually purchase okay so, anyway sounds like a plan purchased and that we've played or purchased and you're well, i'm gonna leave that open okay yeah. <laughs> leave it open so things we're excited about for Gen Con. That's Kevin's not actually going to Gen Con. That's what I'm excited about. Wait, Me no. Neither. <laughs> oh, or Larry. Oh, Larry. So sad. Larry's going to Hawaii, though. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of went over the I had to go to Hawaii. Indianapolis <laughs> in the summer. Hawaii. Or tropical islands. Yeah, what's the, the weather like in uh, July or August in Hawaii? August? It's probably real hot. <laughs> One Just million. like here. Real hot. Hopefully, it'll be breezy, though, with the ocean. We'll tell mom and dad we said hey. Will do. Maybe I'll bring you some snacks back. Ooh. Kids do love those. Weird Hawaiian <laughs> snacks again. Those chocolate ones were pretty good. <laughs> those peach pit things, right? <laughs> no, what they were. were Lemon not- peel? Lemon yeah. peel. Whoa. Shivers. Uh, anyway, one of the games that didn't give me shivers that I'm excited to see in the published form is a new game coming from 20th century called Mutton Busters. Mutton Bustin? Bustin? Mutton. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Name of this? Must- <laughs> Mutton Busted. This oh. is a real-time dice-rolling game, and it reminds me of a game, for whatever reason, it's not even like this game, but... I, as a child, played um, Pass the Pigs. Do you guys remember the game Pass the Pigs? Oh, yeah, Roll the Pigs, yeah. Yeah, it has, like, the happy feels of Pass the Pigs. It's a a quick game where you're trying to roll a bunch of dice and get your... mutton your sheep to last the longest in the rat in the ring and it's a great hilarious time sarah and i got to play it as an early prototype a couple years back at uh proto atl and 
it was just the type of game where everybody was sitting around having a fun time and it was like, oh, this should definitely become a game. The game we were playing with was like a regular dice with stickers on it and like scrap pieces of paper. So I am curious to see what this looks like in finished form. The art for it looks very fun. So it should be a neat one. Melissa? Oh, so, so many. Which um, one to pick? I'm going to go which, first. You go, you go first. I think I should talk about a game called World Wonders. Oh. <laughs> this sounds deja vu. Like <laughs> no, that was definitely would have been I, when I talked about during this list. So you can go back a few minutes and listen to it again. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Rewind. No, I'll talk about um, Three Ring Circus. Okay. Ring I Circus. was going to ask you about that one. Yes. So I have played Three Ring Circus now four or five times. Uh, this is com- coming from DeVere. Uh I think it's uh, there is a one player variant, but it's one to four players. Um, we uh, I played this at two and four players, maybe three, no, two, three, and four. Anyway, I played at multiple player counts and I've enjoyed it at all player counts. Personally, enjoy this at the higher player counts. And the reason is in the game, you are circus performers and you're traveling around the United States and you're performing different types of um, acts at um, small city, small towns, and medium towns and big cities. And you are collect or engaging or hiring artists to your player board and trying to put them in a three ring circus because you have three mm. different rows um, on your player board and each row sort of its own act and um, or its ring. And when you go to perform in um, like one of the cities, you are looking at. Uh, what you, what do you have in your circus? And you are hopefully getting points or getting more artists or um, trying to. There's um, sort of area majority because in the different the boards divided into like five or six regions, and once there's a scoring round, um, depending on how many tents you have compared to others, you're going to get points that way too. So lots of ways of getting points. Uh, the the artists themselves have points, um, but the gameplay is really simple because on your turn you're either going to do, choose to engage an artist by playing an artist on your player board or perform and your performance is going to be in the small medium or big towns so uh, and then barnum is the sort of the round the the tracker and he's traveling around the city so you can sort of Hmm. see what city or what region is going to be scored based on where he's traveling and then once he makes a whole loop game's over so Fun stuff. Three ring circus. And the reason I like it high, at the higher player counts is because uh, the board just looks so cool with all the different colors. Circus tents out there and just all this. All the, it looks cool. Yeah. And with the majority scoring, yeah. that usually is a little more interesting with higher player counts. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy um, the card play because mm-hmm. in each row, your cards have to be from lower to higher value. And you're trying to get certain ones to the right or to the left of them. Like, oh, I need an orange animal act to the right of my purple acrobat. And if my acrobat's a 10 value, that means the orange card I get needs to be a higher value. And so you're trying to work out those patterns as you play them on your board. So that's Three Ring Circus coming from DeVere. DeVere. Okay, cool. So um, one that... I would recommend one that Kevin and I have played is Barcelona Mm. from Board and Dice. And this is a kind of an interesting way that you choose your actions. You're going to have some tokens that you put out on the board. And the actions that you take are the column and the row that you've put your tokens in. And potentially the diagonal. 
So these are streets of Barcelona and you're trying to uh, build it up, rebuild it, and a lot of interesting decisions to make as you are point salad, getting points many different ways. They're kind of trolley streetcars that are you can move around the board to get extra actions. You can get points for depleting stacks of things. You can get points for building buildings. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's definitely medium heavy, maybe about the same weight as Teletum. It's not super, super heavy, but it's definitely not light. I would put it a little lighter than Teletum personally, but I agree. Yeah, it's about this, maybe about the same weight, not not on their not on their heavier end of board and dice games. Yeah, and I think uh, Larry and Sarah are going to be playing it <gasps> with play, us. Let's play it tomorrow, Larry. Oh yeah, let's do it. I agree. Um, I like Barcelona a lot. The vibrancy of the colors um, in the game, the the thematicness. It's it's. I think eighteen sixties is when it's sort of the the time frame, and uh, they brought that into the gameplay. So I was going to mention that I'm probably going to be helping out the board and dice booth a little bit during Gen Con, so maybe about 12 to 2 each day, so you can come by and say hi to me while I'm there. Cool. Larry, do you have something? Ooh, yeah. They have so much Star Wars coming out (laughs) (laughs) at this Gen Con. Um, But uh, a game that I saw on the list that apparently is only for demo. So So You wish you could go to Gen Con. Uh, But they have the Star Wars Unlimited Mm. TCG they're demoing, I think. Yep. So that looks pretty cool. I maybe like Will can sneak a pack. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh yeah. Just um, take the demo. Don't copy. count on me. I don't. <laughs> it's fine. They'll never know. Um. But yeah, it looks good. Um. I'm a fan of the Star Wars theme, so those look really good. Um. There's a bunch of expansions that I saw coming mm-hmm. coming out. At Gen Con, the Lost Runes of Arnak expansion. That was like definitely the one I was going to talk about next. Oh, I sniped them. No, that's Do fine. it. So, um, a bunch of new uh, characters, yeah. right, that you yep. can play with. Which so two new leaders. Because I love playing Arnak with the oh, definitely the, leaders. The leader yeah. abilities because uh, the asymmetricalness of them. Um, some new research, research tracks and then um, like more artifacts and stuff. So, what a segue. Yeah. <laughs> Third segue of the day. Wow, good job, Larry. <laughs> um, and then there was an expansion for Iki, Akebono, I think it's called, okay. which looked kind of good. Um, and they have the Witcher expansion, I think, coming out, too. That looks pretty cool. Cool. One of the games that has my attention, I don't know a whole lot about it, but it seems like the right pieces of excitement for me <laughs> it's called agree to disagree and it's a party game okay but it's coming from adam's apple games which we were just talking about them earlier like okay. planet unknown is it's just got some fascinating stuff going on in that mm-hmm. game yep. and in reading the description for this game it sounds like some fascinating stuff going on <laughs> oh, in this game no. it's a party game okay. it's a game where it's fine for you to disagree with other people which usually doesn't happen at a party game usually right. like everybody has you to get to the same honest. answer yep. to win wins. Yep. Uh, I think, if I'm understanding it correctly, this is the type of game where everybody writes an answer down. You know, somebody picks a topic, there's a question, everybody writes the thing down that pops into the pop of their mind. Right. And then it looks like they're picking somebody else in the group, and then they have to decide, do they agree together or do they disagree? Oh, okay. And then they, like, go on to the next person. I can't tell if it's, like, app-driven. 
Okay. Or if it's just, it mentions in the description for the game, it mentions something about like on their, they'll record their answers on their devices and then compare. And the whole thing sounds like it's just got a lot of different small innovative things going on. And I, I want to try it. I'm excited to see a new party game that does something different other than just everybody get the same answer and then we'll get points together. So uh, agree to disagree cool. from an innovative company. I'm hoping they're bringing me an innovative game. I disagree. Correct. <laughs> I had a different Adam's Apple game Whoa. on my list, but it's on the demo list. And so I don't think it's going to be available to I'll purchase. But it is called Defenders of the Dictionary. Oh, you oh, would no. like that one. Okay. <laughs> and it's a, Shocking. it's a cooperative game where you're navigating the city of Wordopolis. Hmm. And it says it uses a letter and grid play- based wordplay. So that makes me think Scrabble-esque. I'm, I'm not positive about that. Like upwards. The box art kind of has a Scrabbly mm-hmm. feel to it. Yep. But um, it's actually a campaign. And it's cooperative, and there's different villains and puzzles that you're trying to solve and complete with using the words. So Adam's Apple, man. They got some cool stuff. Cool. So that sounded interesting to me. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, you'll have to check out Melissa and R's video for all the other games I want that I think are awesome coming out of Gen Con. We, we talked about 20-plus games in the one for games you can purchase and then... Over 10. In the games you can demo. Two different videos just for you. So 30-plus games. Lots of Gen Con content. You're welcome. Any final final ones for you, Larry? Um, No, I think that was most cool. of the ones that I had talked about. Oh, the Wild Tiled West? Yeah, I can tell you about that. Yeah. Don't buy it. Oh. No, I'm kidding. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's by Dyer. You heard it, though. Yep. So um, it is a fun tile-laying game, um, but I will say it is a little restrictive because you are gaining tiles from a market of tiles, but the tiles that you can gain are based on a die roll. So you're rolling a certain number of dice, and where those dice are are the types of tiles that you are allowed to take that round. So I enjoyed it, um, but I think it could be uh, polarizing for some people. Yeah. I kind of summed it up as I like tiling games. So I liked the game, but I don't know that I would put it on the top of my tiling games. Like it's somewhere, it's a good tiling game, Mm -hmm. but maybe not for me the best. Yep. But I, I did enjoy my plays of it. Yeah. There's some asymmetric boards you can play with, or you can play with mm-hmm. your basic boards. So you're going to have special powers. There are um, different ways to score points. Yep. Yeah, it, it was interesting, but there were definitely a few times of where I was like, I need this type of tile. None of them were rolled, rolled. or the person before me took it. Because mm. <laughs> yep. yep. the number of dice that are rolled you're taking the die away and taking that tile with you so that is even more restrictive depending on where you are in turn order so but yeah there's a couple different games that i also think might be interesting that i don't know a whole lot about but i'm curious to learn more one is race to the raft which is like just arrived in our doorstep oh did it yes interesting on the table yeah so isle of cats is it an expansion is it a standalone standalone game standalone game in the isle of cats universe is that what we're saying sure sure it's the the cats that were left behind i believe and the 
the island is burning, so then have you to have to them. make paths for the cats to uh, escape. I cats, just want them to burn. I love cats is a very satisfying tile placement game, so I'm curious to try that one out for sure. Sure. Uh, the other game that I can't remember the name of is from The Op, and it is like an art heist The game? art project. Yes. Yeah, and I that's got a, a chance, demo only. Okay. I got a chance to peek at the art at Origins, but they didn't have any, they didn't even have demos of it there. So it sounded neat. I have it on my demo list. Yeah. It's, so. It seems cool. I would love to try that one out for sure. Vincent Dutre is the artist. I thought that you might like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if So there is a giant list on uh, BGG that you can find that lists all the games that are supposedly being released at Gen Con, although a lot of the games I feel like I've seen already released in other places. They, but. So they, they're pretty clear on whether they're going to be for demo or they're going to be published or if they've already been published because you usually have a date like published in January 2023. So you know, well, that's been out for half a year. But at least they tell you. Yeah, yeah. So the, it is really interesting. There's a bunch of stuff on there that you can find if you just want to see everything that's coming. If you do want Kevin and Melissa's rundown on some of the hot ones to check out, be sure to watch their video because they... I'll give you guys a shout out. They do a fantastic job of uh, researching it, finding the ones that are interesting, and then take, taking the time to give you guys the rundown and show you the pictures and all Check the Check out Will things. and Sarah's top 10 Gen Con. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Google that. See if you can out, find it. I think. <laughs> I think you have done it before, haven't you? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Tell me if you can find it. You can win a prize. Oh, speaking of prizes, we oh, have a prize to give away. Segway. What a song. Where was Larry with that segue? He could have been on it. Uh, we have a winner for the Southern Fried Gaming Expo uh, badges that we are giving away. That event is coming up, I think, in just, well, by the time this launches, like a week. It's probably like next weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. This is a really exciting and uh, enjoyable con. They have a lot of fun stuff going on. Everything from pinball to video games to board games to crazy stuff like wrestling and hot pepper eating challenges and we ran a contest on our last podcast episode and our winner is i think he's already been notified michael madden congratulations on winning your badge to southern fried gaming expo we'll get that out in the mail to you asap so that you can get to the event and hopefully we'll get to see you when we're there uh, i know that me sarah kevin and melissa will be there playing games having fun uh, we've got a couple of different events going on we're going to be hosting a tantrum house uh, game show experience where we're going to have some prizes and things to give away. Should be lots and lots of fun. Look at that. 2019, I did a Gen Con preview. You know, <laughs> who knew? Who, who knew? You did 2019 preview. It seems like so long ago. And, and the funny 2023 thing is, one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and true. Here's the funny thing. This actually isn't you, Sarah. This is a, ta- a tantrum talks where we just are around the table. Oh, sweet. And I just <laughs> claimed the cover photo. Nice. <laughs> Done. For I sure. Like, I, Oh, okay. It's not in it at all. Nope, never done it. Maybe I will. One of these days we'll put that as a Kickstarter goal. I mean, you're definitely talking about Gen Con. It's very very similar to today's experience. (laughs) Look at that great tree we had in the background. Man, good times back. Oh, there's the tree. It's around still. still. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining us for the party. Uh, hopefully, we will run into some of you guys at Gen Con or Southern Fried Gaming Expo or who knows, maybe even Tantrum Con one of these days. Have a great week, y'all. See ya next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive. That's B-A-R-R-Y. 
Greer, South Carolina, 29650.